What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Tuesday Table Talk. Man, I am excited for this episode tonight. I have my good friend, Bethany Batanya, as we always call her. Um, I say we as in like multiple people in the room. But anyway, um, man, I'm going to be chopping it up with Bethany Murillo. Um, for those who don't know her, she is an incredible person. Um, she is involved in the film industry and uh, we were together for the formation internship as part of Transformation Church. Um, all that good stuff, which we'll get into, I'll talk all that, but um, just want to let everybody know that one thing that is unique, I think, about this podcast that I don't see a lot of people, maybe maybe I'm just not caught up on, but um, I'm live on Instagram, so if people are, are um, hearing the audio, I'm like interacting with guests, talking, of course, live on Instagram, and then if you're live on Instagram and I'm looking over, I'm constantly watching the audio, making sure that's good. Um, so it's cool. I get to do, record the audio angle live every week at the same time. So you get to catch this. It has has multiple ways to be to be caught. If you miss anything, feel free to watch this live. We'll go post it up after on my page. And then if you just want to listen to the audio, uh, it, it's available on Spotify, Apple Music, all the things. Um, I explained in detail last episode uh, sort of the mission so i give a quick recap because i had took it uh, I, I took a little hiatus for a little bit but simply just started this podcast out of obedience i get to do a lot of cool things like um interview my friends and, and talk about different things but um really just want to share what god has laid on my heart and um I'm, the, the people that i have on whether it's simply me or whether it's guests i have on simply want to do the same so um i don't claim to know everything about the bible or know everything uh, about the faith or really anything. It's just, just get on here and talk about different topics, different conversations. And, um, a lot of things that I feel like are neglected in the church, um, too. So I'll say this at the end, but it, feel free. If anyone has any topics they want me to talk about in the future, uh, shoot me a DM. If you have any prayer requests, shoot me a DM. Um, but without further ado, we'll just hop right into that, man. Um, Bethany, I'm going to let you kind of introduce yourself um, and take over from here. Of course, you'll probably have a lot of people tuning in from your page uh, as well. But for those who may listen to this and have no idea who you are or are watching this live and have no idea who you are, just give a little synopsis of who of who Bethany is because we'll, we'll jump into that where you can give more detail and everything. So yeah, go ahead. Okay, bet. Thank you. Um, so my name is Bethany. I'm coming from Burbank, California right now. So I am a um, production coordinator, creative director for a company called Chicano Hollywood. And it's this Latino-based production company. And we do a lot other than just like making projects. We're hoping and like really creating this community of Latino filmmakers. Uh, primarily, we have our own streaming app, uh, which is just like a Latino Netflix. And it's been super fun because it's really centralized um, both parts of like what I really love, which is the Latino community and film. And I've seen so much um, like real, real community coming from this, like working in film, it can be really isolating, but like I've seen just genuine relationship coming out of this company that God has really put on our heart to, to start. My dad started it about two years ago and it has really changed a lot of things in our own family and within a lot of other people. So that's what I do for work. Um, 
little bit about me. Um, I'm Atia. That's a big part of my personality. As soon as my siblings started having kids, I'm like, okay, this is just my entire world now. Um, and yeah, I, um, me, Joshua and I were interns together, like he said. So I was the creative media intern there. And I just love things that are faith, film, and my own Latino community. So when you put that on the poster, like faith, film, and race, I was like, that's it. <laughs> I was like, this is going to be good. Uh, that little Venn diagram is just where I love to live. So yeah. I'm glad you I'm glad you love that because I was like struggling to come up with a with a topic and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna name it something else. And then literally as I'm like going over the questions, creating content for tonight, um, I was like, this literally can be summed up and I had written it a different way at first. Then I was like, no, faith, film, and race. They sound like that's that rolls off the tongue, it just sounds good. It literally en encapsulates everything Bethany's like passionate about. Like, let's just get into it, right? <laughs> so, so um, I have before before I ask the first question, um, I just want to throw out if anybody's watching and they have any questions they want to throw in the comments, feel free. I'm always watching that, um, so we can yeah just get some just get some questions in here as well. I have a few here in front of me. Um, that I go over, but if you have anything you think about, anywhere you want to pivot the conversation, feel free to throw it in the chat, and uh, one of us will see it, and then we'll we'll get to it. Um, we'll dive a little bit more into some of the things that you talked about in your introduction, but the first thing that I always ask everybody when they come on here, um, and this is like a big question, I guess, because I don't know if you can summarize it, but um what's one thing uh that god has been teaching you lately and i know again that's a big thing to like summarize i'm sure there's plenty so if you want to even dive further into that well, you can go but what's something that god just really been like honing in and teaching you lately okay no i was actually hoping you you would ask this one because i feel like at tc we would like check in on each other with this question a lot but i was like i haven't really sat down and thought about this mm. um so my church out here in LA I go to fearless and we just had a conference this weekend and it was so insane and so powerful and it was really cool to see um God move and I felt like one thing he taught me was more so reminded me how to just sit in the power of my testimony mm. it's a weird thing to think about like I grew up in a church uh, my parents are pastors for 20 years, or probably over 20 years before I was born. But um, I, so growing up, like, God was introduced to me as, like, this, um, it was this fact, this reality. Like, when you're born, you enter and you're presented this reality of, like, the sun rises and sets, um, God is real, and the Raiders are the best team in the NFL. Like, those are realities that I was presented <laughs> And I didn't question any of it, and I, like, stand by all of it to this day. <laughs> but on Sunday, we had um, testimony Sundays. People were sharing their different stories uh, from conference. And this girl, um, who was probably, like, a freshman in high school, I'm not sure. She's pretty young. And she was so bold in sharing her testimony of what God did through her this weekend. And she was um, basically... Like she was coming out of this depression and this really dark season and felt like her life wasn't 
worth living and all these powerful, like heavy things that God was like healing her from. And I sat there on Sunday and I just cried and I sobbed and I was like, that quite literally was me two years ago. Yeah. And I was like, every single word she said, I was like, that was me two years ago. And I like, I, I sat in what felt like the weight of my testimony and not in a, in a like shame sense, but in just like a, like you need to remember how far God has brought you. Yeah. And so it's not always like God teaching me this like massive lesson or, or things like that, but it's just like, Hey, let, let's recenter and remember, like I pulled you from that and it's for so many things and it's for so many people and so many good things. But, like, we've come a long way. I feel like he was saying, look how far you've come since you finally let me love you type of thing. Like, okay. Goodness. And, like, it was honestly really good timing to have this because I felt like I'm not talking about it enough. I'm not talking about what God has done in me enough. And so that's kind of what, where I'm coming from right now. Yeah. That's so good. And I, so I asked the question of what has God been teaching you, but the more I, the more I'm on this journey with Christ, right? I realize that it's less about what he's teaching me, but more about what he's reminding me about. Yeah. And, um, it's crazy how quickly we can, um, move along and just not remember, uh, or for, for, tend to forget. I think we have like short-term memory loss or something i like we just remember like or is it long-term i have no no idea what that means anyway <laughs> we forget like long-term what god has done in our lives and we only remember what he's done for us lately um so a lot of the things that he's teaching us quote unquote is like really just reminders and um i got to know you there's there, there's there's so much depth to you which is like I don't want to say anything about, you know, things have been canceled lately about the Enneagram, but, um, (laughs) but we used to have those conversations about like, what's your Enneagram type and all those type of things, but, and you're just like a deep person. So there's no way to get to know you. I was, I was blessed to, to get to know you for six months out of 30 years of my life now, but, um, and so you're such a deep person and, and I got to know like a little bit of your, of your testimony. Um, and especially see your growth. Like I remember like when you first came in like day one and we talked about those things and, um, I think we were in, I know the first week we spent like in, in this little wing area of the building, we felt like we were put like the back of the building basically, because we were just sitting there and there was moments in that first week where, and, 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 and you made remember this a lot more than I can and you can kind of expand on it but God really broke you like that first week in terms of like he broke all of us but there was things that like God was trying to strip like off of you during that season um and I think and again you can give more context to this and I think I'll kind of go into that like that internship season like you talked about what God has done in your life ever since, uh, uh, I may get this wrong, but ever since you let him love you, can you expand on that and kind of 
was that something that like God started to do during the internship? Really, that kind of has been transformative in after, or like just talk about some of the things too that like God did during that season. Yeah, I think I honestly try to think about where that timeline sort of started because for me, like the better part of 2020 and 2021 was like the worst I had ever been, like the worst place I had ever been um, mentally. And I know that that was a hard season for everyone, but for me, it was just like, like this really weird, what I now can see was like a depression. And it was like this whole season of like believing the enemy's lies and genuinely thinking that they were my own opinions Mm. that I was like people who grew up in church, they go through like a deconstruction process. And I think it's really necessary to ask questions and to know why you believe certain things. But I don't think I was really doing that. I think I was just like hurt or offended or just confused. And I took all of that out on God. And I literally like, looked for ways to distance me from God and yeah so it was like it was like this really long season of just like me and like it was to the point where I was thinking about this recently I was getting to the point where I fully thought that scripture was irrelevant that if you believed in God like that's how bad it was bro if you (laughs) believed in God then it's just mainly like you and the Holy Spirit and that he's going to guide you through life. But like before the internship, I was just like, all the scripture does is confuse people. It hurts people. It offends people. Mm. It constantly taking out of context. It's like historical text, but it's not like, like that's how just straight up lost I was. And then even that was one of the times I, one of the times I broke down, um, had the internship, was that first week was like the first time I had touched my Bible in like who knows how long. And I felt like a lot of that healing was me just falling in love with scripture and understanding that like, you can't do this without the Bible. Like you can't do any of this without the Bible. So yeah, that whole season, that first week like you're referring to, I felt so, um, I guess the only word I could really use is like, detoxing like Mm. I felt like when I was there it was I knew I was supposed to be there I knew it was what God wanted for me but I was just so anxious and so uncomfortable and that whole season I was like I was like I couldn't like I didn't feel myself those first like three weeks at least and like our one of our first sessions um Margo had prayed, she's someone that worked at the church, Margo had prayed about uh, over people with anxiety. And that was when I'd really like, I felt like I couldn't control um, how vulnerable I needed to be in that sense. I just needed to be, like I just needed to like be honest with myself and with the people who I saw were around me and who wanted nothing but the best for me. So I just was like, okay, like, fine like let, we're here like I'm gonna fully be honest with with what it is that I see that God wants for me and it was so bad that <laughs> I found a video on my phone recently from like it had to be like the end of 2020 
of what I'm just like deep in it. Like that girl's lost. Like she was going through it and I'm crying. I don't know why I recorded, but I'm crying and I'm talking about like how I was feeling and I was being so like tormented by these like thoughts Mm -hmm. and um, just these voices and this noise. And I saw this video and it was so weird to see how far away I am from that version of myself. And, like, to the point where I started laughing. I was like, <laughs> like, from such a genuine place, I was like, that girl's crazy. She should have listened to God. That's crazy. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I think during that whole time, um, God knew that I needed to be away from home. I needed to be away from my family and from whatever life I felt like I needed to put back together. But he just needed to take me out of that environment. And, um, yeah, finally wake me up and i'm really glad that i submitted to that process yeah that's so good i think you described it perfectly when you said it was a detox (laughs) i think that was the first couple months for a lot of us and like a rebirth of like man god did so much to and even when we thought we couldn't detox more or like had more breaking to do god was like no here you go again it was like peel back another layer (laughs) And like you thought. yeah, yeah, it got it got super uncomfortable a lot of times, and God really dealt with us a lot in the things we try to put away, like in the closet, and tried to like, and especially when I think we were really blessed to be in a space like TC. And this is not to say anything about any other churches or their internship programs, but um, TC has such a culture to where like they really invite the Holy Spirit in. And it's like, you either get with it or you get left behind. Like, and a lot of us, or I think all of us really, like, didn't really know what we were walking into, but we wanted to submit it to, but we wanted to submit to the process, whatever that was. And then um, once we, I think it even says in the scripture, but like, once you invite the Holy Spirit in, once you invite God in, it's like you're inviting him into your house and he's going through every room. Like, it's not, you're like, okay, God, you can stay in the kitchen. Like, it's cool. Like, I'll bring you this and that. So a lot of that guy was like going in and and looking in our bathrooms and looking in our closets and was like, oh, you got, you got some dirt there. Okay. I'll take that out too. And we were like, okay, okay, okay. We're, we're done. We're good. And God was like, no, no, I really want to deal with the trauma from even, you know, 2020 or even years ago or, you know, things like that. And we were like, hold on, I didn't even think about that. And it was just like such a transformative process. And I say rebirth and like rebuilding of the foundation because a lot of what God is, I don't even think our class really, and people have asked me about my internship experience. Maybe I need to have like a whole podcast episode with like several different people on here and just recap our experience and like talk about it. Um, But uh, what was I going to say? Um, our experience, I really did lose my train of thought just that quickly. I'll tell you. Uh, <laughs> give, me, give me one second. <clears throat> I was going to say, I was talking about how God comes in and cleans out. I'm trying to redraw my memory here as I'm sitting here talking about it. But um, yeah, I, I need to do a podcast episode with like all of us come on. I'll say all of us, but you know, four or five of us get on here and, and just chop it up about our internship experience. But um I really did lose my train of thought. What a what a what a shame. Um, 
So I really felt like, do you have anything else to talk about during the internship experience? If not, we'll kind of transition on. If I get my thought back, I'll come and interject right in. But <laughs> um, I think it's just when I came home, on the internship I was like in this mindset of uh okay this is dope like God answered so many God fulfilled so many promises while I was there he made new ones I'm ready like I've, I'm good I'm healed let's do this I'm like let's get to work but I got here and I was like oh work's still going like we're still the process isn't done like I'm not this perfect little thing now it's more of just like if he if there's new mercies that like wait for us every morning then there's new change and there's new growth and there's this constant evolution um sorry if you hear the notifications i three accounts you're good <laughs> i was like someone's popular over there i wish my phone was being blown up i wouldn't know anyway i put my phone on do not disturb but i'm more here because i know people will try to text me at the worst times and it you know it throws me all off so i thought i did but um, <laughs> i'm literally the amount of accounts that i'm logged into right now is ridiculous but anyway all that to say um it was at least important for me to remember that like like there was habits that i built while i was there that I need to get back to. So it's like, it does feel like this constant evolution. It was a beautiful season, but I still realized how much of that I needed to continue while I was here. Yeah. When you started talking about that, literally the thought that I was going to say popped back in my mind. So I thank you for that. Good. So um, I was going to say about our class is that I don't think we've even scratched the surface or even realized what that season was. I think we'll feel the effects of that for years to come, like the rebirth and what God was doing. And like you said, um, and I say that similar or it ties into what you're saying, because the season that we lived in, right, even though God did a lot, it was like curated for us to like succeed in, right? We're away from our family and friends. We're away from the normal. We're away from like the distractions and we're not back in like real life mode. There was real life things that we dealt with while we were there, but it was also like we were in this space where like, I want to say this bubble or like a globe where like we're, we're like... Sky high, yeah, yeah, that we're like <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think, what has it been like over six months now? It's been mm -hmm. six, eight, nine months, something like that, of um, getting back to the real world, right? Or like going back in and dealing with the things that were once there, and like you said trying to translate the habits that we built in this one season to how does that, how do we do that now? Like in, 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 a, in the space of work, in the space of navigating uh, friendships or maybe unhealthy, like uh, relationships that we once had in our lives that are now still there. Like, yeah. how do we navigate all that? And it can be messy, but the beautiful thing is, is that like the presence was not in a place, right? The, the presence mm -hmm. of God is in a person. So, um, the presence that was there, that God revealed himself to us in so many different ways, we, we took back with us. Um, yeah. so even though we're not around each other in the, in the similar ways that we were, um, I pray our, I, I pray that our class doesn't forget that we still have that with us. You know what I mean? Like wherever we are and yeah, there's just, there's just something about our class that I think, and I'm sure every class could say this, but, um, 
we're, we're very unique in just like this, the, the spheres of influence that we had already been in and touched before we got there. And then to go through that season and then to be sent back out, um, we, I can't say enough about our class and being like, we haven't seen anything yet and what we're going to do. And like the foundations that were built now or were built six months ago or eight months ago now, I guess nine months anyway. Um, yeah, they're going to be, they're going to be felt for years to come and be transformative in our family's lives and, um, in, in our marriages and relationships and wherever else we decide to do in businesses, avenues, whatever the case is. Um, and I'll get started working on who I'm going to invite. Maybe I need to have two or three episodes because I need to have everybody on and get the perspective of the internship and just chop it up about that. Um, but anyway, hard transition. Um, you talked about Chicano Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I want you, I, we talked about it a little bit. Um, or you gave like a little bit of an introduction for those who may have joined on late or again, just, this is your space to kind of go fully into it. But the question is like, what is Chicano Hollywood and what is the mission like behind that, that like drives that? I'll just say that and let you expand on that. (laughs) So our mission is essentially to platform the Chicano voice in every space of media and culture and every avenue, like It is incredible to see how many Chicanos are killing it in what they're doing and whether it is a small business, whether it is um, as an influencer or an artist or an actor. Um, There's a lot of a lot of Chicano podcasters, which is super dope to see. But so there's all of these um, people, our own people that are in these spaces already, but they're just not getting the views they're not getting the attention that they deserve and so um for us it initially started out my dad um as a producer and a writer and so he wrote this feature film called orchata with oat milk and there uh, it was like an all latino casting crew and he would nickname that group um chicano hollywood just as a nickname he like sent me a picture from their meeting and texted it to me and so that was just like a fun name for like that project and he started the Instagram account mainly just to promote each other. It was just this idea that it is need that he realized and saw that we're just not being talked enough about. And then on a grander scale, uh, he really noticed that spaces like Netflix, Hulu, like all these big networks, they're not gonna green light more than two Latino shows. Like mm. there's a problem in that sense. That's when you look at the last few years, there's a big trend in Latino shows only doing one season or getting canceled pretty early on. And so within that need, he wanted to launch the streaming app. So now we have our own Latino Netflix and it's super dope because they're short films that would have just been lost on YouTube with maybe a couple hundred views are on their own streaming app. So if that um, filmmaker who is trying to pitch to something, get investors on a new project, they can say that they have a film on a streaming app. And so it's a huge boost in not only in confidence, but in people's careers. And so outside of that, it's really just cool to see community. So like this last weekend, um, a friend of ours, we were a sponsor at her event called the Chicano Elegance Gala. And it was her mission to show that Latinos can 
dress up. We can look good. We can go all out on the red carpet. We're not just going to pull up in flannels and cargos, but we're like, we yeah. can really in that sense. And so she hosted a super nice gala. And it was cool to see everyone just like invest in themselves, like, like get nice, understand their worth and network and meet other people and it was um six different latino uh fashion designers so it was a fashion show and there are performers and so just being around spaces like that it's so dope to see like we're already doing it like there's people already out there killing it yeah. it's just a matter of people talking about us and people understanding the value and really just centralizing all of that and so it's more of like this force if that makes sense it's not yeah. just like little pockets but even now i mainly run the music side of the business and so that community that we built out with film we're trying to kind of copy that over with music so even right before i got on um this artist followed our music account and he's so dope like i never heard of him his cover art is crazy and I listened to his music and I was like, this kid is so good. Like, and I look and he's just not getting the views that he deserves. Of like, cause me and you, like we would talk about music forever. And a lot of what we like to do is like find those low key artists. But I get mad when I'm like, this kid deserves, like he can sell out stadiums. I know he can't. Like, so that's what I want to do. So when we, when I find people like that, me and my dad, like our team, we sit down and think, <laughs> what are ways that we can promote and showcase like shows that we can we have one show on the app right now specifically for music um that is interviewing different latino artists hearing their story um and then we'll have a, a few more shows coming out soon so that's kind of what we're doing it's a lot of little things like soon we're going to be dropping um doing something with uh, small businesses and so we want to like latinos are so entrepreneurial like by nature like i don't know what it is they're just born with it and <laughs> it's so true it's like a like a survival instinct i don't know what it is but there's all these ideas that are just sitting in them like i i'm we met with this one man who had this idea for a film and he was a bit older and he came out with just this like a uh, three ring binder it was just like a notebook and he wrote out all this like beautiful, like cinematic story and ideas and visuals. And I was like, studios aren't gonna take him seriously if he pulls up with the notebook, but God has really just put it on our heart and has put us in the right rooms to equip any power and empower uh, him and people like him to understand and see the value in that as a process and yeah. not sit on a high horse or behind these gates that the studio system has created um waiting for people to be perfect and funded and have a career already before we could even bat an eye at them but we see people who just like hey i have a funny uncle and he's dope and he has a cool story and we're like okay bet like let's meet him like let's talk about what we could do yeah so that's about what we do and what we're wanting to do at least that is such great work i love all of that <laughs> I'm literally, I can sit here and watch you, like, talk about uh, Ch Chicano Hollywood. Am I saying it right? I'm probably not saying it with the pizzazz I needed to say with, but. Um, 
man, I could listen to that forever. I know Matthew um, made a comment. He said, who was the artist that you were talking about? Oh, um, I think I had a, uh, Josue Josue, I think his name it was. It was like double. Okay. I'll post about him soon. Okay. So you'll see. Okay. I was going to say, I'm going to need you to drop some recommendations for me yes. and hook me up with some music because, you know, we always talk about music. Um, that's number one. Number two, are you guys selling merch still? Because I need to give me some merch. Yes. Okay. They're, 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 they have merch, people. Uh, that's that's an announcement they have merch that's the way you can support um yeah. and there was the third one but again download, really trying to support download the app what's the yeah. name of the app that's what the third thing i was going to ask was yeah. what's it's, the it, it could just be chicana hollywood on all platforms or where you would get an app okay um like on uh roku uh you could get it have it on your tv um, but yeah, get it. You don't have, you can get the free version because we let the ads roll in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we're, we're okay. big. <laughs> um, but if you want to watch our music show, it's called Chicano 2.0. And so that's where there's a host. Uh, her name's Jessica Flores. She's super dope um, host, like radio personality. And so she hosted, I think, nine different artists. And she sat down with them, heard their story, heard their music. And it's super cool because we just... It's not about, like, the surface-level stuff. We try to keep it to where um, we hear your story. Like, even I was thinking about this. Um, when I was in film school, I was around, like, uh, just mainly white people. I was, like, one of three Latinos, I think. And at the time, I'm learning all of these uh, tropes and caricatures and stereotypes and how, like, Historically, in cinema, they've been so harmful for different people groups. And you think about how the way you consume media and it just um, informs the way that you view the world. And a lot of times it's so negative. Um, and so at that time, when I was like, I don't know, like 18, thinking I'm going to take over the world with my movie, <laughs> so, um, I was like, anti anything that had to do with the latino stereotype like i was i would shut that down so quick and a lot of that is like maids or cholos and things like that and so when we started to in hollywood and a lot of the content is still kind of centered around cholos i was like oh am i gonna is this gonna be like a part of the problem like that was the first thought i mm. had i was like am i just gonna perpetuate this but what i like finally became mature enough to realize is that when those stereotypes in media came out, they were taken out of context without our permission and with ill intent. And so when we do that, when we're showing those types of characters, we give them names, we make sure we hear their stories, we see their families. So that's our heart behind it. It's more of like a redemptive thing it's not a matter of like perpetuating any harmful images but it's just like if you see this type of character it's because he has a story she has a story they have a mom they have a dad like that's what we're wanting to do is yeah. to kind of sh depth and layers of those types of characters but i was thinking about that recently i was like dang i was so stupid <laughs> 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 um but yeah that's a bit that's a 
I love I love what you said about um, basically. Well, you did say this word, but I'm using it in a different sense. Redeeming um, a lot of what the instead of your thoughts of will this per, only perpetuate or will I only be part of the problem or things like that? Yeah. You're, you're able to um, you use it for for good and flip it around on its head and. and that's a whole word in itself. Cause I'm sitting here as I'm getting lost about like. I'm sorry, I talk a lot. No, you're good. No, you're good. It's not. It's not even you. I'm talking about like how God starts talking to me in the middle of when people start, and I'm like, there's like this voice in the back of my head, like, hey, 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 and like I'm trying to, and he's like, isn't that crazy? How that you take things and flip it around for good and redeem it is exactly what Jesus came to do. It's it's a whole thing as he's. No, that honestly, I was thinking about that too, cause I feel like. Like, for us, this is our ministry. Like, like for real, for real, this is our ministry. This is a calling. Um, Talk about it. I, I feel like it's two-sided. Because in one sense, um, when you think about harmful stereotypes and how that has fed into racism, racism, like, I, I don't think, racism breaks God's heart. If you are going to view someone with hatred, someone that is God's child, God's creation, something created in his image, that breaks God's heart. That is not pleasing to God. And so if we can commit to making, in what we make, in the content we put out, um, going against that and making sure that it is helpful to people, it is feeding um the parts of you is informing you on the right way to perceive people, the right way to interact with society. And it's not harmful in that sense. That is another way that I feel like is ministry and is redeeming in that sense yeah. as far as uh, restoring confidence and self-esteem in this community. Um, but also in the way that like we are on set when we're on set, like we're praying every morning um, to the point where like even people who aren't Christian who have worked with us for a while know that that's just how we start our days on set. Yeah. And so they'll like ask us like, Oh, we didn't pray today. And we're like, you're right. Let's do that. that." So it's cool to think of us as like doing God's work in that sense in a way that's like not the ministry that my parents went to Bible school for, but it is so impactful i see it in the way that like like to us it's just a lot of showing the fruits of the spirit showing the character of god and and i was realizing that recently that it's like it is kind of two-sided in that way and yeah. like what we how we act bethany over here <laughs> preaching talking about ministry goodness gracious that's so true um it's so good i kind of want to go back a little bit um, this is not one of my questions, but as you were talking, you mentioned a stat and I want to, you probably have more context to it, but you had mentioned that, um, I think for a show on Netflix or something like that, um, that is Latino based or has Latino characters in it. It yeah. only lasts one season typically. And, um, you said they tried not to cast, I guess, more than two, 
um, Latinos in like a, a film or something like that or a TV show? Was that what yeah. you had said? And if so, can you go over those stats one more time and then talk about why that is or why do you think it is? I don't know if you have context to that, but. Yeah. Um, my dad knows the stats a little bit better than me, but I it is clear and there is definitely a trend within the last few years where a lot of Latino shows don't last more than a season or two. And it's awful because I feel like in a lot of ways, they're just set up to fail. Like, if it's a network show, they're not giving a, given a good um, airtime. Yeah. If it's um, a Netflix or like a streaming show, the marketing for that is not going to be the same as like the marketing for Stranger Things. Mm. Like there's like a lot of, um, I guess, just scraps that they're given in that sense. Um, but some of my favorite shows, like, like I loved Cristela and that was a network show that came out when I was in high school and it was this Latina um, comedian and she wrote and starred in it and it I loved it because it felt like such an accurate depiction of like my family and my um my experience in uh as a Latina and trying to um work in a field that is not traditionally made for me and so things like that that show didn't last more than a season and I was devastated and then um Hentified was a Netflix show that did two seasons, but the second one had, like, zero promotion. And so it's things like that where I'm just like, okay, there's trends here where those studios, networks, streaming services, they'll do enough to check a box, and they won't actually see the value in Latino content and Latino creators. And a lot of the stuff is just, like, copy and paste, as far as tone, you won't see a lot of um, Latinos in certain genres. Like, they'll kind of stay within comedy. Okay. And it's very, like, slapstick. And yeah. um, it kind of stays within those, like, stereotypes. And, like, granted, like, there are a lot of really dope Latino comedians. And they do need that platform. But sometimes I'm like, okay, we're not... Latinos aren't leading rom-coms. Like, no one's casting us in that sense. Or, like, cool, um, like, dope sports inspirational movies. Like, it's also a matter of, like, across the board making sure that we have a place. And so that's kind of the stats. I actually don't have them on the top of my head. But I can see the trends, and I can see very clearly that even in Latino filmmakers, they still think this is a, a trend I see a lot within our own, like, network. We still see this need to want to pitch to networks, to want to pitch to um, these big, massive companies to be like this next big thing. You don't need that anymore. Like, you don't need that. Like, there are so many resources now. Like, that's what we're trying to be is to eliminate this all powerful uh, production network that's going to make us famous. It's more of just like, you have everything you need to tell your story. Like with us, it's our story with our faces and in our own voice. And so if you eliminate that, because once you go any higher within the network, there's so much room for them to control it. And then it comes to being inaccurate, casting non-Latinos for Latino roles, like writing dialogue that is not natural for us in our home. So it's things like that where it's just like, 
not giving them too much control or power. Them as in just like these big executives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do see that trend a lot, and I'm, I'm sick of it. So that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um, oh, there was a point that you. What do you think? Um, and one of the things, oh, there's a several things that you brought up. One of the things that you talked about, you talked about like um, in the home um, it being not um, accurately portrayed or different things like that. I, I think about, for me, especially as an African-American, I think about, um, and there's a lot of things that we aren't represented in or still struggle to get representation in but i can remember like just on one hand like these black classic like sitcoms or like family dynamics that like basically i was raised on and um then there's like white classics that you can think of but there's not really latino like tv series or movies or classics that we think of really i'm gonna be honest the only thing I probably can remember from my childhood, and this is because they played it like every single year, was Selena. Like okay. that. They play a lot of BET like all the time. What, what was that? They play Selena on BET all the time. Literally, and BET is a black entertainment television. Yeah. Selena. Is- <laughs> so it's it's interesting. Um, and you talked about not giving. And this is, I guess, more of a personal, like a personal preference question. But do you think there needs to be more smaller companies like yourselves that are like catching these artists or catching these actors before they um, hit the big TV networks because they're thinking that's their only option? And before yeah. you know it, they're more so like selling their souls out and getting like um, either um, not accurately portrayed or just right. different things being stereotyped that they have to, these, these roles that they have to settle for. What do you think is like the solution for? For that, yeah. I think that's, that's a good question. I think in a broader sense, a big thing that has to happen within um, specifically Latino creatives is um, eliminating all sort of sense of competition within each other that gets in our own way all the time and we're human we're going to compare this is a very competitive industry but if we keep competing against each other like what good is going to come out of that like if you're going to do that it's because you're going to push each other to be the best or to be the best version of yourself or the best version of your work that could come out of it but like my dad um, he'll always say like, oh, I don't, I don't compete against my own people. Like, that's just not something we do. And so in that sense, I think that happens a lot. Like I'll even see Latinos, like some new, uh, Netflix Latino show will come out and Latinos will be like, and eh, I can make something better than that. Or like, and eh, that's what it, like, and granted, yeah, maybe it's not that great, but there's also like a problem in just not supporting each other's work that I mm. think would help you. Um, but yeah, I do think that a good solution is us not thinking or not waiting around for someone to just come and fund our movie. Like you need to, um, a friend of mine uh, said 
there's so much more, probably a lot of people say this, but there's so much more success in networking, uh, like, horizontally than vertically. So if you are networking within people that are kind of in your same league, then you're going to help each other out, you're going to collaborate, you're going to, like, do favors for each other. Like, here, I'll use my house for, or you use my house for one project, I'll use your dog for another. Like, we're going to trade and we're going to be creative with what we do and we're going to tell our story. And once you make that first project, then congrats, you're a filmmaker. Stop saying, like, what I want to do, what I hope to do. Mm. Like, you're, like, you put something out, push it. Don't, don't be embarrassed by any sort of, like, humble beginnings. Just start making stuff and understand, like, also invest in yourself, I think is a big thing. I'm going to plug something real quick. Yeah. Um, we, we have um, our own masterclass series that we did. And a big thing with that, that also feels like kind of like outreach to us is um, it's important for one, for people to know to invest in themselves, but also we understand that the human nature in us is easier to learn from someone who we feel like we can relate to who we feel like is, um, has a similar story, has a similar background. So we made these masterclass series and there's actors on there who have been in these feature films, but they also grew up in neighborhoods mm. that are, feel like home to us, that are, they're not, they didn't grow up rich or nothing, or, um, but they have these stories, like they've been in jail. They, they have these stories and they have these really big dreams and they're achieving them. Uh, my life. There you go. <laughs> um, but so our masterclass was to give hope and give um, real practical advice to the little kid in Arizona who wants to make movies. So we have classes that are on producing, filmmaking, writing, directing, um, all sorts of things on there that are done by real industry experts who are also sharing their story and are making it so much more achievable. So it's like, if you are a Latino filmmaker, then you invest in something like that. You understand what it is that you need to grow in, what it is that you need to do and practically do it. Like, don't just think like, oh, I'm gonna make freaking blockbusters one day. No, like literally like, Get up your dude that makes music and go make a music video. Like, yeah. it is, it just simplify it. Yeah. And understand what it is. Oh, Steven. <laughs> and understand what it is that you need to do to be, to be that version of yourself that you keep talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, I was like, it's all these comments showing us support for yeah. me. It's, it's Sylvie gassing you up. Say, come on, master class. <laughs> that is the best um all right we're about 50 minutes into this podcast and my favorite slash hard part about doing these like is there's so much to talk about and like i don't get to like half of my questions and then i want to do a part two with like everybody because (laughs) i miss like half the question there's such good content but one of the things is that like and I'll say for those who are listening and are getting sparked by this conversation, like hit up Bethany, like continue to have these conversations. I think <laughs> Sylvie said I'm obsessed with y'all right now. <laughs> that is the best. Um, 
Yeah, the, I think the biggest things is that, like, we think these conversations have to stay within, like, a podcast format or, um, like, the conversation dies here. Have these conversations outside of this. Like, um, if there's stuff that you want to talk about, again, my, my DMs are open. I would love to have you on Tuesday Table Talk. Love to talk about that. Continue the conversation. Ask Bethany. Feel free to, like, hit her up. Talk about, um, ask her questions about what uh, Latino art is. Just anything. Um, I'm sure nothing is off topic when it comes to both of us. We're pretty, pretty wide open people. So, um, yeah, don't let the conversation die here. With that being said, though, I do have a couple more questions. I hope like you have the time for like a couple more questions. I'm chilling. Okay. Looking forward to today. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm trying to see where, where I kind of want to go next. Um, let me see. Hold on, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna switch gears a little bit because you talked a little bit about and we get to I guess some of the questions I think your sister asked. Um, and again, if you have any questions, feel free to throw them in the chat. Um, we'll try to get to as many as we can in in the time that we have. But um, who are some of your dream collaborators? Who are people that you wanna yeah collab with? Go ahead. This is this is just. <laughs> um. because I want to do different things like there's different like companies I want to like I love um like fest film festivals and so I would love to be able to do work with different film festivals like when I was uh like a freshman in college I volunteered at La Leaf which was an all like Latino film festival and that's when I was like okay if I could stay in this little side of film where it, where it's um like i'm hearing spanish and i'm hearing um like nerdy film conversations <laughs> at the same time like that's where i want to live so i'd love to work with them again um like sundance south by like film festivals for sure different artists i would love to do um music videos with do you know the rapper chica why does that sound familiar? I'm not trying to say why does that, but that sounds familiar, but yeah. I'm not sure if I've dove deep. I'll, I'll, I'll for sure. okay. She has, my opinion, best tiny desk is Chica. Controversial. Okay. It's a bold statement, but best tiny <laughs> is hers for sure. We love bold um, statements. Go ahead. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> not being shy no more. Um, but, so I would love to do a video for like her, Umi, um, Remy Wolf, like there's these dope uh, female artists that I love to like collab with and do visuals with. Um, yeah, and then I think Cristela, I mentioned her show earlier, but there's just like these really cool Latinas that have like literally not just broken a glass ceiling in the industry for people like me, but just like they've just done the work, and I just I just want to like get the crumbs of advice from them, <laughs> things like that. Um, but then, of course, there's, like, bigger, bigger people. Like, I just, I want to get, like, Bobo with J. Cole one day. Like, that's all I want. Like, <laughs> literally, I want. Um, yeah, I have so many. I think, what, I think what's fun is that I am always going to be a fangirl at heart. Like, mm. I've been in and around this industry for most of my life, but I'm a fan of like these people even people i get to work with yeah like there's a reverie 
and she's super dope. And I'm like listening to her music all the time. I'm like, dang, I'm, I like love this girl. Like she's dope. <laughs> so there's people like that. I'm like, I love that I get to work with people that I'm like genuinely fans of. Yeah. Both that that part of me never like dies the longer I work in this industry. Cause I'm always going to be like, yo, that's a celebrity. Like, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I love that's good. That's good. Um, I have no doubt in my mind you're going to work with every single one of those people. And get um, and get bubble with J. Cole. If you do, feel free, you know, to post it on Instagram, tag them or something so we so so we all can fangirl with you and stuff like that as well. So That's the that's the plan. Um So obviously we're talking about like the film industry and we talked earlier about your faith. Um and you talked a little bit about how both of those like intersect and connect and and connect my question is what are some like challenges that you've faced as as a christian um in the film industry because you don't just work with like christian-based artists i'm assuming you work with like everyone from like all different walks of life all different dynamics all different backgrounds what are some challenges that you have um faced and so this is like a part a two-part question maybe a three-parter so if you need me to repeat it i will and we'll go back over it but like what are some challenges you faced um how do you keep your faith and draw boundaries in such a public space oh i was expecting that last part that's good um challenges i'd say okay i actually was able to put language to this recently but I feel like growing up both as a Christian and around film I had this like uh, misconception of how God wanted to act in this setting I, I thought that like um, it was gonna be this uh like, like, I needed to be, always be prepared to defend my faith. That was my mm. biggest thing. Like, I, I, need to, I need to be ready. I need to, like, have the scripture. I need to have the facts. I need, need, I need to know how to defend God if I'm going to work in this industry, if I feel like. I think I thought that that's what being a light in the darkness meant. Ooh. But that's not really what it is. I feel like it. <laughs> yeah? Okay. This way. It's about to get spicy. I can I tell. Go ahead. Go um, ahead. Like not what God requires. I don't think like of course you stay ready for that and you're prepared, but like I don't think that is what God requires of me in this setting. When he puts me in certain rooms and positions, it's he wants me to love. Like that's all he really wants. He wants me to to reflect his character and reflect the fruits of the spirit. And to set that standard in a setting and in an industry where that is far from the expectation. That is far from what people will assume or what people will even think that that's how they're going to get treated. Um, but I realized that I was, that took so much pressure off because, and granted, like, that's still hard. I feel like a challenge is remembering, like okay, they know I'm a Christian, so I should probably, I should make sure I'm, I'm good. I'm acting, I'm acting good, but it's true. Like there's so much freedom that God doesn't need me to defend him. 
That's not what you're required to do. You need me to love. And if and if I'm the only like example of God's love that this boom operator sees that day or in his life or that week, then I need to act accordingly. I need to act like it and I need to know that how I act, how I treat people, that's all an extension of him. And it's an extension of how I know he loves me. And so I'm in environments where it is so stressful. There's always a lot of money on the line. There's always weird, dangerous situations you're put in. And not like that, but just, it's like, like I think of times when we're filming without permits and I'm like, praying the hardest I've ever prayed. <laughs> Day- <laughs> Don't get caught. Like, so the stress and the stakes are always high. But I'm not going to go, like, cuss someone out. Like, I'm not going to do nothing like that. It's just a matter of, like, you laugh at situations. You have self-control. You have that peace and that love. And you understand that we are representatives of God. Like, he's not sending me in these rooms for like a debate class to argue about whether or not he exists. Like he doesn't need that. He needs me to show love. But I feel like that's what I've learned recently. Man. I felt like we need to just drop the mic after that. I don't even know if I need to (laughs) say anything. I'm just going to slowly back away out of here. Man, that is so good. We, we have enough defenders of God, right? You just go to any street corner with someone oh. with a with a microphone and a boombox thinking they're they're defending God. And <laughs> I remember I always remember this quote by Pastor Charles Metcalf. Um and he talks about you're not as big as you think you are, but you're not as small as you think you are either. Yeah. And it's this like happy medium that we're supposed to exist in. And I think we start to think of ourselves bigger than we really are when we walk into these spaces as Christians and we're like, all right, I gotta be on guard. I got to be ready to come with my Bible and it's, it's my sword. I got to defend God with it. I'm gonna have to cut up a few people. And God's like, listen, I just need you to just show up and love like me. Like, it's just, we literally walk in and make it so difficult. And God's like, first, I'm big enough where I don't need you to defend me. First off, thank you. Like if, if, if I needed you to defend me, would I really be God first off? And that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing in itself. But then we, he's like, I just need you to show love. Like that's literally there, there, there is a part of God that is justice. Right. But then there, the, the, there's a part of God that's just, I want to say a part. God is all justice, all love and all these things. He's complete in all that. Um, but again, there's enough defenders, quote unquote, defenders of God who walk in and, and try to do all these things. And like you said, walk in like they're in a debate class. Literally, they don't even have a conversation there. You can't even say hi. They're just like, so Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, he's he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and he reigns above all. And the God you serve sucks. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can I can I, can I get a name? Can I? Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, sure. I would love coffee. Like we don't even start with, hey, what's your favorite? Do you drink coffee? Do you like to like just simple conversations that like, hey, can I get you that? I say all that to say that, like, what you said was perfect of just, like, we're representations of Christ. We're not defenders of Christ. Like, Christ doesn't need us to to walk in this in these spaces and rooms. And simply, that's more than enough, just being a representation of who, of who God is. And yeah. the love that we show 
speaks for itself, right? I don't know if you have anything to add on to that, but that was so good in what you just said. I feel like it's also, by realizing that, it's also God reminding you of being like, hey, I'm the God, you're, you're the human. And like, I know what you're capable of in this setting. And I know that that's just what I require of you. Also, because the transformation that we want to see in people and the way that we want to expand God's kingdom and just for them to experience, like I was even thinking recently, I don't know how people do this work without God. Like it takes Mm. so much, so much faith to do and like survive in this industry. I don't know how people do do it without God and just faith in themselves. Like that's good. That's good confidence, but they're solely surviving off of just faith in themselves. And that's only going to get you so far. But the faith that we have in God to sustain us because he's the one that called us out here in the first place, like that's what keeps it. But I think the transformation that we want to see in people so that they can experience this for themselves, we can't do that. Like we can't do that. Like only God could do that. So that's why it's like, it is even that much more important for us to only be a reflection of God, be a standard in the room that we're setting, like to uphold that and to just treat people the way he did. Like it is really simple because we can't force that transformation. It's just being that consistent light, that consistent love towards people and that really the ear to just listen and humanize them. That's when God does the work. Like that, it really comes in. Um, But yeah. Yeah, (laughs) that's listen, you have been spitting bars this whole time. I haven't even had to say one thing. I'm just literally like, so yeah, Bethany said this and Bethany said that you have been (laughs) dropping bars this whole time. Um, You might have touched upon this a little bit. And um, I guess this is more to expand on it before we before I get to my last question. But um, in such a public space, like how do you draw boundaries? Like um, if someone who's because not just in the film industry, but, you know, um, the sports industry, um, the medical field, like all these different things where they may be put in positions of, um, I want to say, and maybe, maybe, maybe this is the right word. Thank you. I was getting ready to say just compromising. Yeah. Um, their values or their faith or so have you had to draw boundaries in that or uh, what would you say? to someone who, who, who may have questions about that just simply as like, yeah. Yeah. Take it away. It's like, no, I was just thinking, I was like, how do I do that? (laughs) (laughs) I, it's definitely hard sometimes. Like, I feel like there are sets that I've been on where I prayed and I was like, God, I'm sorry about that one. Like, (laughs) things escalate so quickly. Like, yeah, there's, or even just, not even sex. Like I was at a, at a party once, and I remember being like, "Okay, that that was not pleasing to God." Like, it, like you feels that sort of like conviction in any mm. sort of situation. But when it comes to to what we do, I feel like it is a little bit harder sometimes because we understand that everything we make is not going to be Christian, and everyone we work with is not they're not Christian, and so sometimes it feels it's like a bit harder to figure out what that looks like. Um, You have to understand, like, at the end of the day, it's 
you know in your relationship with God what you feel peace about and what you know honors him. Um, There are also sometimes where it's like I'm the lowest ranking person here and I have no say. Mm. If I'm an entry level, if I'm just a production assistant, I have no say in what's going on. And sometimes I won't even know what we're shooting until we get there. Like that's, so sometimes you're in positions like that, but also like it's in moments like that. Like one time I was on a set for a commercial and um, there was a problem where they needed to hang something up and it kept falling. And the guy, the production designer said um, out loud, he was like, do you have any gods we can pray to? And I was like, do I? (laughs) I was so excited. I was so happy with that moment that it felt like it was such a a confirmation of like, okay, I have no stay here, but God will give moments like that to confirm that I'm exactly where he wants me to be. And I said a prayer of just like, Jesus, like keep everyone safe, keep this thing up, like being the details of today. Like, like you say it out loud and you understand it's more of just like, taking what it is that God's giving you. So I would say to someone who is like on a set and maybe something there is compromising of your own beliefs, I would check in and be like, okay, is this something that God wants to still use me for? Is this still a room that he still needs me in? Because it's also like if you leave, then really where's the light? Like if you just up and dip, and sometimes you have to. Sometimes there's still power in that. But if you dip, then like, then that room is even darker type of thing. Yeah. So it's like, it's also understanding that of like, we've been on sets, we've been a part of projects, we've been in rooms that we're like, what are we doing here? Like, there was one event where I was straight up like praying in tongues under my breath at this <laughs> event. Because like my spirit, I was like, what like <laughs> and so there's times like that but i knew we were supposed to be there and we met great people that we're still in touch with and we know they're supposed to be a part of our network so it's thing you just have to really be in tune with the holy spirit and sometimes that's easier said than done but also knowing like okay at the end of the day like i'm not gonna deny god in any way period so that's if that bottom line then that's it period yeah. period um I think literally, I couldn't have said it better, like following the leading of the Holy Spirit. And then sometimes you're going to be in situations where maybe you didn't plan for or didn't see coming. But at the same time, you're like, I don't know if I should be here. You said about like, then what if what what if we leave? Like, then then where's the light in that and how God can still use that space that we're in. And I think that's a perfect example of of what God was talking about uh, when he said, be be in the world, but not of the world. Like, um, he wants to use us in spaces. Um, And and obviously, I think one way that you didn't say, but um, I'm going to kind of, because I know you, like, say this and then you can kind of give to you but like you walk in and you you kind of alluded to it when you said like you 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 were praying praying tongues at an event but i'm sure you you pray before um you even get on set or you pray before you're getting ready to get in the car like those are ways that you you keep boundaries in your life because um you can be in something but you're not letting something get in you 
if that makes sense. And I, and I think that's the difference of how we keep boundaries, how we, how we stay pure in the midst of, of the, these industries or these films that, that we find ourselves in is like, all right, it's not about necessarily, there are some situations clearly, like if we put ourselves in and we know of it, then obviously that's a whole different story, but sometimes we're going to be in spaces, but we need to ask for God's protection, God's, God's covering that the stuff doesn't get in us and we can still be in that and God can still use that. But, um, allowing or praying and allowing the Holy Spirit to really penetrate us and, and for him to be like a fortress around our heart, really. Yeah, I I think that is also going back to your other question of just like what the challenge is. That is the challenge is there's a lot of times when like you get so caught up in it that you're like, OK, I need to step back and understand. Um, like a friend of mine had said, if nothing good comes out of you seeking approval from the people that you're called to. Mm. That's kind of where that tension is. And so, um, yeah, I think that's so hard because I was even, I have it up here because it's just like my lock screen, but my like verse for the year was Romans 12, uh, one and two. And it says, I'm just going to read it because it's good. Um, so here's, here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing God, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become this part. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. So you can't have discernment without obedience Uh, or you need it. That's your response to it. Unlike, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. That's the message translation, if you can't tell. Oh, but, I, I, I caught it right from the beginning. I was like, I know that. <laughs> but that part of, like, culture, like, you can't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in it without even thinking. So that's the challenge. If I'm understanding that, this is where God wants me. And he's confirmed that several times as far as me individually, not just me and my, as my family. Because my family, we got involved in this all together and it's always been a family thing. But I remember in high school, like he's, he stays confirming that this is what I want for you. And so when I think about this is what he wants for me and where he wants me and these are the stories, these are the projects, the people he's put on my heart. Even God will put celebrities on my heart to pray and intercede for. Like I'll literally up at night praying for like specific celebrities and that's something that he has laid out for my life and I think about I'm spending my life very deep and involved in this culture I can't blend it like you have to be human and you have to not be weird like don't don't be like a street preacher at an industry mixer like you can't do that don't do That is also, like when we talked about perpetuating harmful things, that's perpetuating what people think of the church. And that's not, that's the church, but that's not God. Yeah, that's, that's good. Like that, so it's like, there's people in this industry that are very hurt by the church. And we all, are, like we've all been in one form or another hurt or offended by some sort of experience in the church. But that's not God. Like if that happened, then that, then God wasn't in that moment. 
Yeah. Or God was in us during that moment. And so it's like really understanding how to make sure that you are strong enough. That's also a self-awareness thing that you are strong enough to be in those environments. Because if you're not, then you're going to blend right in without even thinking. And then God, it's going to be a lot harder for him to trust you in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And stuff like nervous. Cause I'm like, I don't always have scripture to back things up. I'm trying guys. <laughs> I'm reading it more. I promise you. <laughs> you are good. You are good. And I'm going to add on to that because again, I know this about you. So you said being, um, knowing that you can be strong enough to be in the industry. Like if you don't know you're strong enough, um, have accountability. Yeah. Like if you go into these spaces trying to do it on your own, mm-hmm. you're going to crumble. You need, yeah. you need accountability. You need people who understand you as a person, who understand your mission, who understand your heart. Um, and you have, you have a built-in accountability, right? With your family. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to these things with my dad and so it's very very easy very easy <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love I love your family I haven't even met all your family but let me just say I love your parents because this is only what I, other than you know shout out to your cool brother-in-law who I love his music <laughs> I, I was waiting for the moment that I was going to name drop that but um yeah love it um, I hope I get to meet the rest of your family. I love them so much. Um, already, and I haven't even met them. We're gonna, I'm gonna hop into this last question, and then we're, we're gonna wrap up here. Um, do you have any advice for, and this is, again, like a big question, so feel free to how to answer it any way that you want to, but advice for, like, creatives, um, just overall, slash those who are interested in, in film or, or in the film industry itself so just again take that however wherever you want to but i know you got some some uh some knowledge to 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 drop and everything like that so advice for creatives or those who are interested just specifically in the film industry um for creatives because i know that there's a lot of creatives that aren't in film so i would say is yeah do identify as uh, a creative specifically a christian creative or just someone that um is following christ but knows that this is kind of like what you're you're meant to do in whatever form that is um i would say mm, okay i do have scripture to back this up (laughs) um i was reading an exodus yesterday because of uh jackie hill perry because i love her but she was talking about exodus and the story of the golden calf and I was thinking about how they had so much confidence in this thing that they were going to make that was going to save them. And that that was going to be the God that they knew they could worship. And I was like, because I know I ain't ish. Anything I make is not going to save me. Like only God can save me. Wow. How do they think that if they're making it with their hands with what they have, that that's going to save them? Like, that's not going to do anything. Like, it's going to look cool, maybe. Like, it was made out of their earrings, but that's not going to save them. But they were so 
confident and even airing and leading that was like okay let's let's make something that was their thing so when i saw that like that was their instinct that was their um their thought process was like, if we just make something, it'll work. It'll fill this void that we feel Moses left because we don't know what happened to him. It's been too long. There's that thing. They set an expectation as to when he'd come back. And so it's like they couldn't live in the tension or the space that required faith. And so they're just going to make something. And I see that all the time of creatives who have so much more faith in what they know they can make than in the God who made them. And so that is one thing I would say to creatives is just make sure that you don't have, that your faith only isn't in just what you're capable of or in the work that you do, because that can't be like, like we serve a creative God. And if you're creative, you know, like, that's just how you connect to God is through his creativity and him with that title, I guess, as creator. But you can't like you literally can't look at this big movie idea as your saving grace because it's not like it won't be those things are so fleeting and temporary and success like that it doesn't last long what lasts long is trusting that god is having you and is holding you in this space or whatever space you're called to so that's one thing i would say is just understanding like like there was a phrase at tc that we use a lot of just like your work being your worship uh, like and even in the the passage that i sent like or that i said do you have to do it all unto god in everything you do it's it's an offering to god so in everything you make in your writer's block in your weird creative tension or spirals or anxiety that you set yourself yourself up with like you have to give that to god and some of the best ideas some of the best projects or even just the best that i've felt in projects has been when I fully let God take the lead. And it's, of course, it's easier said than done. <laughs> Bethany, yeah. you, do, you hold on. You got to give me a second. Because I'm over here. I'm over here tweaking. You, you done messed me up with that one. Hold on. I was here at like 1 a.m. reading that like, bro, what? Okay. I'm not okay. But if you have any other advice, you can... Feel free to share. I'm gonna just the other the other part was advice for film. Yes. Okay. So if you are new <laughs> film and want to get involved in any sense, um, one you don't need film school. I did go to film school, but also to tell people that you don't need it. Um, but I also want to make sure like you don't. I got it's important to me because a lot of times like we'll tell like young Latinos you don't need to go to film school to be successful like, that is very true very accurate but it's also important for me to make sure that young Latinos know that they deserve a space there like it's like if you, if that is your goal and you want to go to a four-year university and study like then do it because it's important for me that even in those higher education spaces we're represented and we feel like we at least have a seat at that table if we wanted it but also you don't need it so that's where i would say <laughs> is like don't get it in your head that you don't have a place there or that you couldn't succeed there yeah. because you can't but for anyone who's just wanting to get involved i would say uh our master class one thing to plug it again but also 
um, YouTube University, like, follow certain influencers. Like, I follow um, Rebecca Be Creative. She's one of my favorite um, filmmakers to follow because she does, like, music videos, and she breaks down creative process so well. So it's just finding these right these influencers that can simplify things and make things more attainable. There's certain like Facebook groups that you can um, join to like be an extra in films or if you're wanting to act, like they'll cast on that. So social media has made getting involved in something like filmmaking so much easier. It's kind of ridiculous, Um, but it's helpful because it's literally so much, it's not scary. Like it's really not. If you take the time and do research, it's not scary at all. And so, yeah, pray about certain things, pray about certain projects if you're even supposed to be on that. Cause, and really, like, a powerful thing you could pray and ask God is just to open and close doors. Because if you submit that to him, he will, like, he'll, he'll lead you in that sense. Um, but, yeah, I, you have, almost everyone has a nice phone. Go and just start recording, start editing, like, and figure out what is it that you want to tell. Like in college, I'd say a helpful thing that I learned was how much I want to make coming of age movies, specifically that star um, kids and people of color, like young POCs, because I felt like if I'm going to change the way that people view POCs, then I need to make sure that they view themselves accurately and appropriately and with dignity and that all happens in adolescence and adolescence is where our identity is formed and we're able to kind of transition into adulthood and coming of age movies really present that in a fun way like sort of transition so that's where i learned that so find genres that you like to explore and support movies watch movies like i that's that's a whole other thing. Like, if you want other film advice, I don't know, DM me. But like, <laughs> I because I I actually could go on for a little bit. I'll end. I was gonna say you you have you have the stage as long as you want it. You can give all the advice you want to. Yeah, I have so many. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> start, as, start. as she said, if you have any other, you know questions or something feel free to hit her in her in her dms or whatever and she has plenty of advice to give you but with that we're gonna wrap up tonight's episode of tuesday table talk bethany i love you so much you you are the best thank you for for joining me this has been one of the don't tell all the other guests but this has been one of the top conversations I've ever had with someone on. I think I think it's just because just of who you are. And um, as I said, I, I got the honor of getting to know you up and close and personal. I still know you. But for, for six months with the internship and you're just an incredible human being and, and everything you're doing. And I'm excited to see what God is going to continue to do through through your life, uh, through your family's lives, through this ministry, because it's a ministry. Let's just call it what it is. It's it's a ministry. So um, thank you again so much for joining me. I appreciate you. Okay. Yeah. This was seriously fun. Like, I was so, I felt like it, it just came at a good time, like this week, thinking about everything God did, like during conference and things like that. I, was, I got to the point where I was like, okay, God, like, I'm ready to talk. Like, <laughs> 
was like, I'm really glad you lined this up because I'm I'm ready to talk. Yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. I always... so I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, I, I just loved even being a part of, like, what it is that you do because I, I love you. I love hearing your heart and spending those six months together. And so this this was just like we're back at Lagome sitting at a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> so, literally. Literally. I always... Like I said, I could go on and talk forever. So we're going to have to find another opportunity for us to get together and chop it up again. Um, but before I let you go, I'm just going to do some final close up shops here things. But for those who are joining in late or um, don't know exactly what this is, this is Tuesday Table Talk. I go live. I used to go live every other Tuesday, but my schedule has changed. Life has changed. All the things. But uh once every month uh, at least at this point go live just talking about different topics sometimes i'm with a guest sometimes I'm, I'm on my own um for those who again have just joined this is live on instagram so uh, of course if you're watching this you know it's live on instagram but uh I'll, I'll throw the video up on my page after so feel free to share it um throw it out to whoever send it in a message um share it on your story and then I'm also recording the audio. So once I'm done here, I will edit this and chop it up and it'll be available on Spotify, um, Apple Music, Google Cast, all the other different platforms. I don't know anything about <laughs> Google Cast and all that because I have an iPhone and I use Spotify and Apple Music. So praise God for all the saints who have joined that side. But um, yeah. <laughs> i'll be back next month with a whole new episode um so feel free to follow the page again shoot me a dm if you have any prayer requests anything you want to chop it up about um but until next time again i think Be i thank you bethany for joining me and we'll catch everyone later do you have anything yeah. final to say no just make sure you follow tuesday tables because i know this this is going to take off for you dude i feel like it's really cool and it's going to be great this year I appreciate you so much. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. We out of here. That's another episode of Tuesday Table Talk. I'll holla at you later. Bye.